So, so far, so far you've said and On your board? Yes. Oh no. Welcome to Overshare, a podcast where I tell you more than I should. I'm Susan Boyer, and I'm really grateful you've joined me. Uh, Brett, I want to know if you still like opera. I never really liked opera. <laughs> that ruins my story. <laughs> there was a, there was like one I really liked. Why did you be, why did you write the essay to become an opera scholar? Um, because I am a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> That's kind of like I don't know. That story sums me up in a lot of ways. As a youngest child myself, I think I can say that while there are many advantages to being the youngest, there is one serious disadvantage. You often get compared to your older siblings, the good and the bad. It saps you of your uniqueness. It makes you feel like you exist only in comparison to others. I watched as that happened to my youngest son, Brett. I had my children four years apart. I thought that would lessen the likelihood that my youngest child would be compared to his older brother when he got to high school. But Brett was assigned a teacher for freshman English who had taught several English classes to his older brother, Matt. Matt had a special relationship with this English teacher. He did well in her classes and even taught her son piano. The English teacher was thrilled to have Matt's younger brother in her class. She assumed that Brett would step into Matt's place. She assumed that Brett would take over the job of teaching her son to play piano. She assumed that Brett would be Matt. Brett was not remotely interested in teaching her son piano. And Brett is not his older brother. Every day, the English teacher let Brett know how disappointed she was that he wasn't more like his older brother. Ugh, the curse of the youngest child. I think she just liked to be cruel. I remember her telling, you came home and told me that she said to you, um, I'm so disappointed. You are not anything like your brother. Yeah, I was like, that is true. (laughs) Brett wasn't content to just suffer through freshman English with a teacher who constantly put him down. He decided to get back at her. Every year, the Los Angeles Opera holds an essay contest. The winners receive two free tickets to four operas. As a class assignment, each student in her freshman English class had to write an essay on why they wanted to become an L.A. opera scholar. I seriously doubt that many, if any of her students, truly wanted to be an opera scholar. Brett came home the day the class received the assignment, and he sat down to write... I said, do you you even like opera? He said, I hate opera, but I'm going to become an opera scholar for the pure pleasure of doing something she thinks I can't. And he did. 
Brett was chosen as one of the few among thousands of essay contestants in L.A. County, chosen to be something he didn't want to be. Well, you know, when I was in grade school, there was this, like, competition in Indiana, like a state Uh competition for art, and we had to... um, put a violin somewhere in our first I don't know what the hell it was but like we had to put a violin somewhere in our piece and it had to be done with pastels I remember being like I want to win right because I had Megan and Ashley in there and they were good at drawing and I was like I want to win I want to I want to get my piece hung up in like the state whatever Uh and I remember the teacher the art teacher was like seeing what I was doing and she was like, Hey, you know, you can just like cut out the violin that I gave you and you can put that violin on the paper. And I got disqualified because of that. So that was a lie. I was not allowed to use something that I did not draw. Uh, right. And so I vowed that I would never let a teacher disqualify me from winning a competition by listening to them any longer. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna if I'm gonna win it, I'm not gonna listen to anybody. I because I, because no because they're not on your side necessarily. Like that woman loved Megan and Ashley, and I should have seen that. It felt weird to me. Even in third grade, it felt weird to me. You know, I was like, why are you telling me not to do this? What made this situation doubly entertaining was that in his freshman year of high school, Brett identified as an emo teen, an angst-ridden subculture of emo music. He wore tight, tight jeans, so tight you could tell if the dime in his pocket was heads or tails. Brett had lovely blonde hair, but he dyed it jet black and added hair extensions. He wore makeup and black fingernail polish. Brett was an opera scholar in the body of an emo teenager. And I'm wearing, like, girls' jeans and probably, like, a, a, a cute little, like, um, like a lacrosse-type, like, polo shirt. No, that's not. The shirt wasn't that because I, I said you couldn't go to the opera dressed like that. So you, if you were going to wear your tight emo girl jeans and wear your hair extensions I went out and bought you a really nice white stylish dress shirt I like that I like if you're gonna wear your extensions and your girl's jeans (laughs) then the least you can do four different adults who cared about Brett more than opera served as the chaperones to his four operas I took him to see The Marriage of Figaro. Brett had already been to two of his four operas by the time I had the pleasure of attending. As an opera scholar, Brett was expected to arrive at 6.30 p.m. and go to the conference room with his chaperone for an educational pre-event. Musicians came in to teach these high school students the music and the story of the opera they were about to see. It It was a hilarious scene. Brett in his emo attire, surrounded by other high school students in sports coats and dresses, kids who genuinely loved opera. Everyone wondered if we'd wandered into the wrong room. You could tell they were like, 
Wow. We picked this emo teen <laughs> who obviously doesn't want to be here. <laughs> I want to know if they like were like, I bet you won't come next time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I bet he won't show up. After the pre-event, we filed into the theater. This was my first opera ever. I was marveling at how comfortable the seats were when Brett said, The opera is subtitled. The words will be printed in English electronically on the sides of the stage. I said, no way. He said, yes, they will. I'm the opera scholar, remember? Once I was settled in, Brett said, I want to teach you how to enjoy opera, Mom. You put an arm on each of your armrests and relax back into your chair. And when the lights go out, close your eyes. And when you hear wild applause, wake up and we'll go home. Such were the words of a young man who was so obviously not an opera scholar. But the marriage of Figaro was fabulous. It was composed by Mozart, after all. I was completely enraptured by the story and the music. And whenever I would look over at Brett, he seemed to be as equally enthralled as I was. He wasn't slumped back in his chair. He was leaning forward with his eyes wide open. When the opera was over, Brett and I joined the rest of the audience for a standing ovation. I enjoyed that, he said. I remembered that story recently when I called Brett's cell phone as I was traveling home from work. Brett and his husband, Brendan, were about to celebrate their wedding anniversary, and I wanted to see if there was something special I could send them to commemorate the day. But Brett didn't answer. Instead, he sent me a quick text. Can't answer my phone right now. We're at the opera. As it turns out, Brett is a true opera scholar. Thank you to my son, Matt Boyer, for the original music in this podcast, for doing the editing, and for buying me a recording microphone and convincing me to do this podcast. Thanks to my son, Brett Boyer, for joining me in this week's episode. And thanks to Melissa Ploisifan for the original cover art. I hope you join me again for another episode of Overshare. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Susan Boyer and Overshare. They do not represent the policies, position, views, or opinions of the Lutheran Church of the Brethren or the Church of the Brethren denomination. There is no affiliation or association between this work and the Church of the Brethren.